Pyramid has opened and a new issue of GQ Style is upon us. This is episode 37 of Corporate Lunch. No, we have a uh, special guest here, do we not? A very special guest here. Familiar to us, new to you Corporate Lunch listeners, ladies and gentlemen, it's GQ and GQ Style Executive Design Director, Rob Vargas. Hello. Hey, Rob. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fairly new to you guys, too. We've known yeah, I was going to say, all pretty, five pretty, months. pretty You're new. five months deep here at the I, Content I, I Tower? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rob is the man, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, tell you more of why we here why he's here. But yesterday we dropped the fall issue of GQ Style, Tyler the Creator cover. Holy shit! Noah, how do you feel about it? Crazy. I feel, you feel energy, crazy. Energized. Like it's just <laughs> making you feel a little bit insane. We only do a few of these a year. This isn't. This is like it's a true. very special, uh, extreme height of of what we do here in the tower. It's I mean, true. It, it's it's we're making content all day long, every day, but rarely do we get to drop a new issue of GQ Style. And there's been a drought because we did not do a summer issue. We had we went quiet for a moment. The drought is over. The drought is over. Uh, so we shot Tyler the Creator, and a little bit of the backstory on that is. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think Tyler, the creator, like seems to have come out of the womb as some sort of creative vision. Yeah, 100%. The guy, I don't know how old he was when the Odd Future first broke, but like 19 or something? Yeah, young. They were and, all young. And I remember the first time I encountered them, there was like a complete 360 world that he had built. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, brought us Earl Sweatshirt, brought us um, an artist by the name of Frank Ocean. Yowzers. Um and just brought us all sorts of like sort of like jackass level hip hop hijinks. Definitely. And by jackass, I mean italicizes and not Johnny Knoxville. And it came along with an entire like aesthetic world, a whole sort of like universe of culture and language and like an, an outlook. Like post Pharrell, skateboard, yeah. Nego, Bape, all of that like fully consumed and, yeah. and left behind. And Digital native. Brought into like a new teen zone. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I just hold Tyler in like super high regard. And um, so we got really collaborative with him. And um, Mobilaji Daudu, intrepid GQ style fashion director, and I got on a call with Tyler and we just talked about, you know, if we're going to do this cover, what it would look like. And Tyler was like, yeah, you got, you know, you guys know about some photographers, but I want to, I want to work with this guy who shoots buildings. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> where's this going? But then he brought up this photographer named Mathieu Vinot, who lives in Brest, France. That's B-R-E-S-T, France. And is basically like an architectural photographer who goes on adventures um, around Europe and just walks around by himself and shoots like balconies, stairways, the corners of buildings. Um, and so we were – we like – signed up to collaborate with this guy he'd never really done a port he never shot really a in any professional capacity he never shot a person before right full stop and tyler was like shoot me like you shoot your buildings <laughs> <laughs> but just to like he was, give tyler was basically like ignore what the tall dude is saying yeah, whispering yeah. in your ear listen to me <laughs> that being me listen to me that being tyler shoot me like you shoot your buildings just just to give people people who don't work in the business like some understanding here like of how kind of rare and unusual that would be both both that like you know Tyler came with the photographer suggestion and we went with it but also that the cover photographer isn't considered like a master portrait taker of some sort in fact has never even taken a portrait yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not only is he not a master he's just never done this before um 
so it was a it was an awesome adventure man and i think we're all really proud of the result the results it is a very different looking cover for us for sure and i suspect that uh when i get to see it on a newsstand very soon um among the other magazines it's going to look different from everything else out there and i'm like super proud of that it's kind of like if you're going to call tyler that's what you want is something really different yeah um but that's not all (laughs) that's not all the change we had in store for this issue of GQ style. Um, No, Rob is here because um, he's the man and because there's a new logo GQ style and uh, Rob and his team have entirely redesigned the magazine. And since GQ style is a magazine about many things, including fashion, art, architecture and design, we thought we would just like get into it a little bit. Um, for starters, Rob, you know, you said you've been here at uh, GQ and GQ Style for five months. Can you tell us a little bit about your career before this? Uh, sure. Right before this, I was a creative director at Bloomberg Businessweek. So it was just a natural fit. <laughs> you know, That's our main competition. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Hate yeah. those guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like hedge funders, Tyler yeah. the creator. Yeah. Yeah, perfect, perfect yeah. match. Um, no, no but, but Bloomberg was an interesting place because, you know, um, you know, despite the sort of, you know, the, the dryness of some of the content, you know, we were kind of known for experimental design. Definitely. And, uh, Big time. Yeah. And it was a great place to push boundaries and experiment and fail often and also succeed sometimes. Yeah, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of success. Uh, and there were sort of, uh, and you know, it's up to you how deep into this you want to get, but there were sort of two eras of your tenure there design wise, right? Yep, yep. And photographically for that matter. Yep. I mean, there was a, there was a, an era that was really aggressively and outwardly experimental yeah and then and you i'm gonna I, i'm gonna float this and then you res, <laughs> you respond however you want including correcting me um and then there was an era that was a little bit more dialed back a little bit less uh fireworks in terms of experimentation but no less considered and intelligent and for my money beautifully designed is that fair yeah, yeah, no, it is fair. There was a short period, actually, when we first, um, well, when the magazine first relaunched, when when Mike Bloomberg bought the magazine in 2010, um, you know, the first iteration of the redesign was actually closer to where it is now, which mm-hmm. is a sort of um, a little more organized and slightly more user-friendly, cleaner version, um, which is specifically geared towards, I think, specifically a finance audience. Right. I think um, you know. Shortly after we we did the relaunch, you know, we we experienced a great amount of freedom, which you don't normally have. Yeah. And you know, Bloomberg wasn't a publishing company. Right. Um, and so they gave us a lot of sort of um, you know a lot of space to kind of play around, and you know, they weren't worried about necessarily a lot of revenue at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so it's amazing what you can do when when that's the case. You and, guys were letting it rip, man. Yeah. And and so there was a middle period, that, you know, the the founding, well the founding creative director of the redesign Richard Turley is sort of like, you know, that's sort of what he's he, he sort of established that kind of wild look of experimentation. Yeah. And then when he left and How would how would you describe it? It was like hard flash photography big type treatments yeah it was just really aggressive and in your face yeah the, the and t- not concerned with being pretty yeah we actually like very purposefully try to be ugly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes you must understand what's happening in sneakers right now. were there some that you remember like some famously ugly ones that that stick out to what you? was the most the what, ugliest yeah what was the most hideously proud cover oh, that God. you were involved in actually i remember just awful looking but yeah. awesome <laughs> 
Uh, well, God. <laughs> well, there was one special issue we did where um, I, I was an art director at the time, and the mandate from, from Richard was use find all the ugliest fonts you can find. Yes, <laughs> dude. And, and, and also we're going to use no photography. Are talking wing, wing games or what? Oh, like, 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 com, like comic sans? Like sort of comic sans B-sides. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 than like, comic sketches. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I also like the idea of like, find all the ugliest fonts you can find and we're going to bet the farm on them. Yeah. No pictures yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was super strange, and and then uh, did you win an ASME for that cover or something? Oh no, the ASMEs <laughs> didn't like us at all. Really? No, yeah. but but those of us who do this shit for a living loved it. Yeah, because yeah. it was like them boys is wild yeah, <laughs> and yeah, girls, yeah. they wild. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and so and so that was definitely fun while it lasted. Yeah. And then at a certain point, they're like, "Well, maybe maybe we should make a little bit of money off of this magazine, and maybe we should consider <laughs> a reader." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and so as 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 you put it, we were sort of designing for a certain crowd. Yeah, and and you know that tension between the kind of purposefully amateurish design and and the sort of very serious and well reported journalism was interesting. But then when we wanted to sort of like get back to our core like finance audience, then then we kind of went. I mean, I guess in essence we went back to our roots a little bit. Yeah, and just made it sort of like cleaner information design. And did you feel? In that in that later era, where it was a little bit more clean and a little bit more like, um, I mean, still so elevated, but but still a little bit more like, you know, what would you what you might expect from like the most glorious version of a business publication, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel like hemmed in at all, or was it just like a different type of freedom? Um, I mean, to, to be honest, the, the uh, like. After having experienced the level of freedom that we had, which yeah. was unprecedented, I think, in magazines. And, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I don't know, when you're in those situations, it's like, it's easy to, like, kind of take credit for stuff. But yeah, it's yeah. like, it, it's really like, I, I think that, you know, one's potential is only as as far reaching as, you know, your corporate masters allow you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, and, and so. What? <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> And 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 so and so getting a taste of that was like really special and like really addictive in a way. Yeah. Um, and so there was, there was definitely a feeling of being a little hemmed in, but I, but you know at at the same time we we were allowed to dictate the way the new look manifested. Right. You know that we you know as as you know Bloomberg is primarily a finance company, and so our corporate masters weren't necessarily the most visual people, and yeah. so and so you know that they they had certain needs that they expressed that that we addressed the way we felt was right. But there wasn't, you know, any of that micromanaging, like, right. oh, can you can you use that typeface? Can you move this over here? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, so yeah, overall it was a positive experience. Yeah. But, but that middle period was definitely a very special time. Yeah. One thing that I think was so energizing about it is it came at a time uh, that that we're still in that's been ongoing of just like mass um, digital visual information being a huge part of our lives. So, print magazines have have to address a lot of. They got a lot of questions to answer kind yeah. of suddenly, yeah. you yeah. know? So Bloomberg doing this in, in while this whole sort of narrative about the future of print and what it means and what it should do unfolding was like especially exciting, I thought. Yeah. Were you guys thinking a lot about that at the time? Was it like was part of it kind of just like, well, here we've got this this print thing that's totally unique in its physical form and kind of like what it can do design-wise – Let's push that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, in, in that way, it links a lot to, I, I guess, the thinking that 
that we were talking about um, with GQ Style and that, you know, it's it's crazy. I, I mean, I think it's crazy that it's 2018 and we're making magazines. Totally. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It's, it's, it's kind of what gets me out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, yeah, it's, it's, I still get to go do this. Yeah. Two of them. Yeah. This Who is insane. Yeah. yeah. And and so, which, which, I mean, to me, you just have to ask yourself, like, you know, and, and not in a negative way, but like, what is the point of this thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? And no, it, I mean, now it, cause it's not, it's no longer just because ad money is falling from the sky. Right. That's why we make it. Or because this title has this incredible legacy. It's like, we really have to be providing something that you can't get anywhere else or right. really nobody's going to care. And they're going to stop printing it. Yeah. And, 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 and I think like, you know, not, not to, not to like overplay up design cause that's obviously where, where I'm coming from, but you know, but you can have a good reading experience online. You know, yep. you can even, yeah. in certain cases, you know, experience uh, a photograph in a meaning in a in a meaningful way online. Definitely. Um, I think in terms of the way websites are laid out, like that, you know, you don't experience the same level of freedom in in how you design those things as you do in print. Right. And and to me, that is like still a huge differentiation into how you experience content. Yep. And so, in order to, I think. Um, kind of justify the existence of print, you really have to think about how you take that beautiful photography, how you take those words, and how you combine them in a way that are irre- that are non-reproducible right. uh, in, in another place. I think both in other and that elevates and all of them. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's incredibly true because we're all you know spend plenty of time, I'm sure, on Instagram, and that I mean, it is one of the beauties of Instagram is it's such a f- it's so flat in terms of we're all working with the same yeah. format yeah. for every picture. It's uniform. So you, you get a couple choices, yeah. you know, and, and they've been adding more and they've added video and all that. But at the same time, like everybody has to get, everybody has to go through the same like format mulcher or whatever the best way to put it is. So in a way that's exciting because it's such a level playing field. When you see somebody doing something especially interesting with the format when they don't have anything at their disposal that you don't have, that's really exciting. But on the other hand, um, it is part of what I think is keeping print vital is just like our ability to be a little more wild and free. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think think everyone has like a good sense of like even what individual websites, what that templating is like. Yeah. You know, big horizontal. I mean, still a lot of websites struggle with publishing vertical photos. Totally. Like this yeah. is this is a thing. Still. <laughs> also, yeah, yeah. another th- crazy yeah. thing that we're just well, right. not only you got to be optimized for all the right things just in the architecture of your site in yeah. terms of recirculation and just getting enough content in front of people's eyeballs, but a weird website would just confuse people and they'll leave. Yeah. But a weird magazine can just draw you in. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like something arresting or unusual or even a little confusing in print can be good. Yeah. Um, Whereas online, it could, you just give up. You (laughs) just move on. Like, well, I don't get it. Next thing. Give me the next thing. Yeah. Your point about vertical photos on websites being tricky for some sites is especially funny because now we mostly surf the web on our incredibly vertical iPhones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah totally. but, but then like video is usually formatted horizontally. Yeah. And like, yeah, you can like rotoscope. Is that what you call it when you turn your iPhone? You can like turn your iPhone and shit and it'll flip. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. still, it's like as, as simple as it is, as like as dialed as the platforms are, it's also like confused mess. Yeah. It's like websites are kind of oriented horizontally. Videos are oriented horizontally. We're all looking at them on like, uh, phones that are way more vertical than any magazine or anything we're yeah. used to experiencing. And uh, 
it's chaos out there. <laughs> it's chaos. There, there are, are brilliant minds in coding and design yeah. out there that has still, yeah, not, still scratching. Still like vertical or horizontal? Yeah, like, ultimately, <laughs> exactly. Like ultimately, it comes down to something that simple yeah. that that dictates like how a huge your whole industry is sort of built. Yeah, and no put way. a horizontal photo on Instagram and watch your likes not stack up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's it's you get half the likes when you put a horizontal up there. Yeah. Um, so before uh, before you came to GQ and GQ style, what were your um, and you can be honest. Yeah. God knows this is corporate <laughs> lunch. You can be honest. It's a safe space. It is. It is a tree of cone of safety. Um, what were your impressions specifically, you know, more about GQ style and maybe the way it relates to GQ or what it was doing differently or not so differently Yeah. in the, in the marketplace? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I did get a sense that it was, um, you know, it had a more niche audience. Yep. And in a way that was a bit more liberating because, you know, as as we all know, the more mass something has to be, um, the safer it has to be in certain ways. Yep. And so I noticed uh, in GQ style, you know, you guys were taking risks um, with the fashion. You guys were introducing subjects that weren't necessarily known to all the masses, um, but they were doing things interesting creatively. Um, or in sports or in, you know, in a lot of different realms. Um, and, and so, yeah, and, and so I saw it as, as, you know, very much related to, to GQ insofar as that it was smart and it was thoughtful, um, but uh, it sort of pushed, you know, the risk-taking a bit more, which I found really appealing. Right. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit first, because I think... Um well, I'm curious, like for a reader, their their first encounter. So Rob and his team have, as I said, new logo and complete new complete redesign, which we're introducing with the Tyler, the creator fall issue. Um, did the logo come from the redesign of what's inside the magazine or did the redesign or did it go the other way? Was it kind of logo first and yeah. that set the tone? It was it was a little bit the other way. Um, because, you know, if you remember, we were looking at um, I did an, an initial mock up. And it was, can we, rev I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, people will have seen it by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, go for it. Um, you can say whatever you want. Okay. Well, um, you know, the, the big innovation with the logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is yes. now a Ted dude. Sam, press some buttons, Sam. Pull some triggers. Yeah, oh, no, we got all yeah. that. Lasers. This is a Ted talk now. <laughs> yeah. 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 The logo is stacked vertically. I think we <laughs> Let's just let that sink in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, so, so, so initially, you know, um, I mean, part, part of w what led the initial sketches for the cover is that, you know, I thought the photos were so great. And, and I think part of what, what made a lot of those, those images so interesting is that, you know, you, you guys weren't, you know, and, and particularly some of the ones on the inside and I think the Oscar Isaac cover, but, you know, there was just so much going on. Like they were so lush, you know, there were environments, backgrounds, colors, and, you know, I think the traditional idea of a magazine is that you shoot a person from the waist up on white and then you have the right and the left hand side for like a bunch of cover lines. Right. And so I think especially like in our initial conversations going into the Tyler shoot, we kind of knew that we were in for something different. Yep. And we kind of knew that we didn't want to have like all this type all over the image. And so stacking the, and so the initial version, I stacked the logo vertically on the left hand side and then had a strip at the bottom with the cover lines. And then on the upper right, it was just basically the photo, like uninterrupted. Right, so the the logo and the the words fall 2018 mm -hmm. and 
some cover lines were all part of one boxed in unit yeah all together yeah in the in the initial version yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then I remember you saw it and then you, you were into the overall aesthetic, but your feedback was, well, maybe we should just keep the photo. I mean, the, the also the dimensions of the magazine are great because yeah. it's, it's larger than a normal magazine and the paper stock is also better. Yeah. And um, a little more square. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so your feedback was, I think we should take advantage of like keeping the photos full bleed. And I was like, that's a really great point. And so basically took the, the 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 verticality of the logo and just like condensed it into one little tight unit on the upper right hand side. So it still kind of functions like a basic logo in that it's like sitting on the photo. Yep. But it's sitting on it in a way that like you know a lot of logos sort of go all the way across the top. Right. Um, and this one sort of like it's it's very bold. It uses like these thick rules, um, but it kind of sits in this little corner. So you can definitely you can't miss it. But you can run a lot of you can run photos that are very busy and that have like, like a lot going on without, you know, interrupting them too much. Right. And, you know, I mean, maybe people know this, maybe they don't. One reason that the logos always start. I mean, I guess some magazines, the logos are centered across the middle, the top of the magazine. But usually the logos start at the top left corner of the magazine because the way magazines are traditionally stacked on newsstands. If you end up not in the front row, you can be back left and basically all that can be showing of your publication is the top left corner. Yeah. So in a way, we just sort of like fully committed to that space <laughs> yeah. and gave everything else to the picture. Yeah. Um, so... So it was logo first, mm -hmm. uh, and then we also uh, completely rethought the uh, the first section of the magazine, which is called What to Wear Now. That's where we really get into um, basically our Mondo edit of all the best clothes of the season, right? Yeah, basically really I think sets the tone. It's product, but it also really establishes sort of a point of view and a style, and um, it's it, it's – you know, for some people, probably really the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. It's just like, yeah. show me this stuff. I mean, that's where I, that's the way I always thought and of it. And we kill like, it in this department. No one, <laughs> no like, one shows no you stuff one, like we show you seriously, stuff. Seriously, no one touches us with this section. And they had before, and it's only better now, thanks to Rob and his team. But, like, it's it's honestly the best in class. And it's not even close. I I'm, can't sit here and argue with you. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Sam disagrees, but he doesn't have a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've always thought of what to wear now as the like, this is what, this is where it kind of starts for us and for our readers, which is like, let's get into some garms. Yeah. Let's look at some fashions. Let's see all the best, most beautiful stuff of the season. And part of it is like, you know, it's all, um, one thing we've never been scared of it is a lot of it is the, is really expensive high fashion. Yeah, it's designer clothes. My perspective on that has always been like, I want to see the night. This is a you're making a beautiful print magazine on yeah. incredible paper stock with yeah. the best photographers in the world. Yeah. Show me the most beautiful stuff in the world. I can either afford it or I can't, yeah. you know. And, but I don't really care. That's what I want to look at. And it it is a different experience. Like you're not just gonna click and buy that thing. So you don't get you yeah. know what I mean. Like I feel like the frustration related to price and like accessibility in certain ways is it's totally different. And I I agree. I think it's about seeing what's out there and seeing the best of what's out there. And then there's the gems in between, you know. It's not it's not all uh, elite European fashion houses. The the no, it's definitely not, and it's not all expensive. Yeah. But, but we didn't worry about the about price. And we also don't worry about like, well, I don't. It it comes up, but it 
it's some things are more experimental. Some things are a little strange. You know, like it's not all based on like a trend that's very easy that we're like endorsing. It's just based on stuff we think is really dope. And and you know, we see everything that's out there pretty much. I can confidently say that. So I'm I'm glad you said the T word. Yeah. Because in the fall starting with the fall issue of GQ style, we've completely uh banned yeah. the notion of trends. We eliminated it. Yeah. Trends have been eliminated. I think, you know, generally magazine fashion editorial is organized by trends and we felt like nobody thinks that way anymore. And if you want to see the, if you want to know about like, let's say you're in the market for a um, leather shirt. If you're in the market for a leather shirt and you come to GQ style, we're going to show you the best one. Yeah. The one you should buy. The only one you should buy. So it's not like, oh, you're into leather shirts. We're going to show you five and you can choose your own adventure right. it's like no we're going to show you the best one and so we got rid of the whole thing like organized like grouping things together by by style of garment and right. we're just like let's show where did we end up it's like the the 27 best fashion pieces and the 13 best head-to-toe looks mm-hmm. for the nice round number of 40 uh but i would say that was a pretty that was a well i was thinking of it when i first talked to you about wanting to make these changes like this is going to be a pretty significant design challenge because we're talking about 30 pages that basically like have no way to be organized because the whole <laughs> po- the whole point is to not organize them yeah. according to trends or anything else yeah. so it's just like rob we're going to give you um just a big a big old group of product and we're going to give you a big old group of of fashion shot on on people and you got to figure it out you got to make it work over 30 pages yeah, I mean, I mean that was super fun. I mean, it was it was it was one of the hardest things uh, to do in the magazine, but it was and and I mean in in being hard, it was it was super fun to figure out. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean also like you know the way you shot the items, they had this movement to them, right? Which we had discussed because we didn't want it to be like these static laydowns. You know, obviously the thing we wanted to get away from. Is you know the, the danger with with laydowns and products is that getting into the catalog territory. Yeah, and just I think, looking like some shitty ecom site. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. And it's like, and I think the way you know the way the items are styled in the shoot and the way they're laid out, like definitely, I think both serve to kind of celebrate them being, like you said, the best of uh, yeah. their categories. Yeah, and Doctor Mobilaji Dawadu deserves some credit too. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of the input comes from Sam and Noah, but Mobilaji has a pretty sweet eye for pattern and color. Oh, it's amazing. And stuff that really yeah. bangs. And Rob and I were talking the other day, though, like, there's so much orange. Yeah. We're, we, you know, we're not organizing things by trends, but if you look through those 30 pages of what to wear now, there's a shitload of orange. Yeah, that's funny. So if you just can't get away from wearing, from thinking about <laughs> trends, the one trend we have to offer you is orange. What you can do is you can take your scissors and you can cut out each individual That's item true. and create little <laughs> trends of your own. You don't own need Rob's design. Within, yeah. <laughs> Reorganize. Um, Rob, let's just fully, I think we just need to do the, this needs to be the font section of corporate <laughs> lunch. Great. The font segment. Um, I mean, I know the deal, but. Tell me the deal with the GQ style font. Uh, it's just singular. It, it's one font. There's just one font. There's just one font. And for everything, so that's logo, cover lines, the big type through the magazine, the actual like, you know, Noah has an incredible piece on Hyder Ackerman, so his actual like 2,500 words of text. It's just one font. Well, well, well. To be fair, I mean that's that's a it's a true statement. Yeah, but it's also 
it's also <laughs> it's it's true with a modification. Okay, let's uh, go. In in that it's it's one font, but the font has eighty five styles. Wow. And what what like. What are the kinds of variations that appear in different styles of that one <laughs> font? And are we naming the font? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, GT America. GT America. G- G- GT stands for Grilly Type, which is um, a really good type foundry that, that I think GQ has worked in, uh, in with the, has worked with in the past. Agreed. Um, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, Shout out to G- GT America, <laughs> our only yeah. font. <laughs> Friends of the pod. We are going to yeah. die using that font. <laughs> <laughs> No, but tell me a little bit about the thinking of that because that, while like you know, uh, readers who don't love fonts might never notice that it's in a way, in its way, super radical. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, eighty-five styles. I mean, well, we did a ton of research, I think, because we we're also concurrently thinking of you know some of the changes we wanted to make in GQ, and so we wanted to you know pick things that serve like a dual purpose, and so um, this font, it, it. It, it, it has styles that feel sort of very, uh, you know, legible at like small text sizes. It has styles that feel very kind of like classic American editorial design. It has styles that feel sort of like chunkier and like a little more European. Um, so, so it just gave us like a lot of flexibility. And, and so I think that particularly with GQ style, we embraced kind of the chunkier, bigger, bolder mm-hmm. fonts. Yep. Um, because, you know, I, I think, and, and I don't know if you can really differentiate. I don't I mean, I, know, I think you can sort of like, European from American fashion sensibilities, definitely, and and for sure, and and I would say that style is is I think between GQ style and GQ is definitely GQ style leans more European, mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know, in, in terms of how radical it is in certain ways, right, um, and and so we kind of embrace that aesthetic, um, and so all the fonts are very bold, and it's a very very clean template, like there aren't like a little there aren't like like little doodads and details like like yep. you know that, that you find in a lot of magazines so so we kind of like eliminated anything that felt superfluous and just kept it you know the cleanest version of, of what it could be and then we really leaned into the moments where we can actually implement some design which is on a lot of the openers yeah like the i mean to use the Hyder ackerman well everybody should just check out the new issue of gq style it's crazy how many of typical magazine has like a whole bunch of fonts in their font bag? Just to be clear, like yeah, 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 yeah. For the most part, I mean, and then they will introduce new ones like in an issue in a just for an issue or just for one story or yeah. It's actually the the like when my when my team and I first arrived, um, you know, we were looking through all the G. And this is nerd and like super nerdy stuff, yeah. but like we were looking through the GQ font servers, mm-hmm. which is like the servers where they keep all the typefaces they used, uh, twenty five hundred. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're down to one. That seems good. <laughs> yeah, that seems like. Yeah. A- no, I just got a text from accounting, <laughs> and they were like, "We your your font budget is uh, gets the thumbs up. Yeah. Nothing Everybody, else you do gets yeah. a thumbs up, but the font budget definitely gets a thumbs up." Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. We're all getting huge bonuses this year. I hear. <laughs> yeah, because font bonuses. <laughs> font bonus. Sam, let's order some actual lunch. <laughs> we could finally cater this thing. Um, I don't think we need to like run down all the stories in the issue, but I think, you know, we had an awesome time, Rob, working with you and your team on this like new, um, energy for GQ style. I mean, it's like the same magazine and also not. And, uh, that's what excited me about it. And it was, uh, you know, I think also in part like, uh, a continuation of the energy that we had from this conversation with Tyler, the creator, where it was like we're off. I mean, I feel like we do really different stuff with almost every cover story and every issue. Um, but this one felt different because we were just being collaborative in a new way. And then that like, 
Um, I mean, that's not why we did a redesign, but since, but as we were, it was like, let's rethink what to wear now. We've got this very different kind of cover story and maybe this is an opportunity to change the logo and on and on and on it went. Um, so yeah, everybody go check it out. And if you see it and you think, I don't need this, I've got a cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we're not for you. I can't wait to see it on Maybe you stands. can go dig a ditch. It's always really exciting when a new issue comes out to see it out there in the world on yeah. a, like if, yeah. you know especially if someone's reading it or if on someone's coffee table but on the newsstand is always really fun cuz it's like by comparison you really get to see like what's the vibe of the newsstand this month and where do we sit within that? This one's going to be amazing to see on the yeah. newsstand. Um, the new I'm, logo, the colors yeah. on the cover image are amazing. I mean Tyler looks cool as hell to me. He's he's like top 3 in the style damn right now he's killing it his style has just been amazing it comes with the whole maturity thing we, we it came up earlier but this this notion of he's kind of a different tyler these days definitely and, and it shines it's amazing so good we're gonna say something about the newsstand uh no i was gonna say i was looking forward to um seeing it at whole foods yeah totally. <laughs> that's always the great. whole foods line the well whole foods seeing, line. seeing your own magazine on the newsstand is as close as you can get to just like seeing it like somebody else does seeing it through somebody else's eyes because there's all the noise of like what everybody else is doing and you're like are we standing out like we thought we were doing something radical are we really like does it pop does it not is it lost is it too bright is it too dark is it too covered and covered lines is it just right are we geniuses oh yes we we're geniuses (laughs) we're geniuses let's get into some vibes rob thank you so much dude thanks for coming around pleasure working with you same uh it's holiday issue time now Oh, back yeah. to work. <laughs> yeah. We got to do it again. We've been back to work. We were back to work before we even finished the other work. That's true. All right. Thanks, Rob. Right, thank you. Here we go. It's vibes time. The not so fast lightning round of shit Will and I like right now here today in the corporate lunch content tower podcast studio. No, kick us off. Please. Please do something for us. Here. I'm going to go straight to the hype. It's the hype flavor of the week. It is the all white, white on white on white, Nike Presto, off white, Virgil Abloh, new drop. So good. Um, I'm into it. I'm going to try to get a pair. Me too. I'm dude. entering these raffles. Me I didn't, too, the black, dude. the first drop didn't like fully hook me. I don't know about raffles, but I'm <laughs> Sam's been entering you into all the okay, raffles. Okay, cool. Uh, there was uh, John Sam's Mayer. Sam's like, no, I haven't. John Mayer, um, <laughs> Uh, friend of the pod, John Mayer, obviously got a pair and, and had the, the online ceramics dudes um, custom dye them for him. Did you see that? They, yeah, they got a little talk bit about of friends a, of the pod. A faded rainbow kind of vibe to it. Been been getting getting that Just semi-way. So these permanent, permanent shout-out online ceramics yeah, those are the forever. The homies. Anyway, this this is not, not a revelatory one. It's This shoe's been blowing up the feeds. I just want to go on record as a with a big fat cosign on this shoe. You should go ahead and go on record with your shoe size too. <laughs> you never know what influencer might be listening. Size ten. Then we're uh, at the Content Tower. That's one World Trade Center. New That's, York, uh, New York. One Content Tower place. <laughs> uh, I'm a fourteen. Everyone out there. Um, no, dude, I'm right behind you. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see a pair of those. Um, my first vibe is Toby and Wigway. He's got this song called Dope. Uh huh. That. Uh, Erica Badu posted on her Instagram. Oh, what sick. happened is this this dude, I guess he lives in uh, Texas where Erica, Miss Erica lives. Uh-huh. And um, Dave Chappelle texted Erica and he's like, yeah, this dude's incredible. You're going to dig his music. He lives down by you. You got to check him out. And so Erica 
checked out his music and DM'd him and told him that he's dope. And then uh, he freaked out <laughs> and recorded himself and his wife and this this guy who sings with him and his wife like reacting to the DM. And then Dave Chappelle called him. They FaceTimed. And uh, Dave Chappelle told him he's dope too. And then he made this song called Dope. And it and it's like, Miss <laughs> Badu told me I'm dope. <laughs> and he's got this thing. He's like, standing on the water and I'm just like Michael Phelps. It's amazing. <laughs> and he wears a Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt. And um, What's his name? Toby and Wigway. N-W-I-G-W-E. This is a heartwarming story, and I can't I, wait to hear the song. I the had, song is so good. This is news to me. I, I wake up in the morning, and I listen to that song, and then I like can start my day. <laughs> I think about how I get to make a print magazine, then I start my day. All right. Two print magazines. Now I know how I'm starting my days. Um, the next vibe is Winnie the Pooh. Um, Please tell me you're serious. Famous. Yeah, I'm serious. I no, love uh, Pooh. I, let's stop everything for a second. <laughs> I love you, dude. I love Thanks. you so much. Love That's an too. insane vibe. Winnie the Pooh. So, um, but there's more. I've always had it. Everyone loves Winnie the Pooh. I was especially loved Winnie the Pooh. When I was about 13, my grandfather gave me a book called The Tao of Pooh. Do you know this book? Yeah. It's a very famous book that kind of introduces the Eastern philosophy of Taoism um, through Winnie the Pooh. But tomorrow or this week or next week, there's a movie called Christopher Robin coming out. It's a, like a live action Winnie the Pooh movie. Um, live action? Yeah. It's like, yes. Not... I don't, Did they CGI I don't know if Winnie? there's humans in it. It's like um, Fantastic Mr. Fox or something. It's like puppets. Oh, okay. Got it. But there might be real humans. Yeah. I didn't actually watch the trailer. Um, uh, a writer by the name of Corbin Goebel uh, wrote, a, wrote a piece for GQ.com uh, just recently about whether Winnie the Pooh, whether or not Winnie the Pooh should wear pants. <laughs> and i was just downright outraged <laughs> a lot of people apparently think he should put pants on they're like yeah man that's that's a great uh kid's character but he needs to get some pants anyway the vibe is winnie the pooh <laughs> also if you ever if you ever if you ever see somebody wearing just a shirt with no pants that's called pooing yeah for sure because you're doing the winnie the pooh. doing the winnie the pooh um one of the great vibes i kind of feel like giving up but i will proceed i'm gonna gather myself and proceed all right uh, my vibe is the, uh, the jewelry brand, the great frog London. Oh, dope. The great frog made my gold bracelet. Mm -hmm. Basically what happened is I was on a plane to England to do a GQ photo shoot with the photographer, Alistair McClellan. Um, Alistair had told me about this, uh, British movie from the 1960s, um, that we were going to use as like, you know, one of the light touchstones for the shoot. And so I was watching it on the plane and the main character in the movie just had this like really tasteful gold bracelet on. Yeah. And so, um, then, oh, I guess I was on a plane to Paris and then going to London from Paris. And, uh, I was out with some friends and this dude like pulled up to our table. Uh, hey, we had shared mutual friends. And I was like, what's up? I'm Will. And he was like, I'm Reno. And I was like, are you Reno from the Great Frog? And he's like, because <laughs> we have other mutual friends. Uh -huh. And and uh, he was like, yeah, I'm Reno from the Great Frog. And I was like, look, man, I'm doing this shoot in two days in London. And here is a screenshot I took of the character with this gold bracelet. Can you make us this gold bracelet in like 30 hours? And he was like, I can try, man. And I was like, <laughs> awesome. This just and, happened table side at the restaurant? At a bar, yeah. Yeah, at a bar. Yeah, sitting at a bar. And I'm like, do you think you could do this? Like, it was 
Friday and I, yeah. I was like, no, it was Thursday and I was like for a Saturday morning shoot. And then he texted me and he was like this dude with tattoos on a motorcycle named like like killer or assassin or <laughs> spider or some shit is going to show up. He's on the way with the bracelet. Yeah. And then uh, afterwards I bought the bracelet, kept it. Yeah. And the Great Frog of London, great jewelry. It's a dope bracelet. I've been admiring it. It's kind of a big link, clean, but not I, big, but. I thought to vibe it because my friend who uh, was in town last night, um, who lives in Nashville, freaks out because she wants my bracelet or wants to buy her husband my bracelet or whatever. The Great Frog. Now you too can. Great Frog. Get one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next vibe, I, I, I finally got my hands on one of my favorite releases in, in recent memory. It's the Missoni Times LaRose bucket hat such a good bucket hat maybe the bucket hat to have um i dude i saw it sitting on your desk the other day yeah. and i was like i'm not really i can't really wear a bucket hat but i was like damn that's bucket hat it's a hard. bright multicolored plaid that is similar if not the same fabric as like the jumpsuit that for instance diddy wore in his gq cover shoot yep or that mobilaji dawadu where sometimes if you see yeah. him around like, in the missoni like jumpsuit. on tuesdays and thursdays <laughs> Uh, but it's it's similar to that plaid. It's really dope. Isaac LaRose is the homie, friend of the pod. Um, Shout out, Canadian hat maker, party thrower. Um, he's done some, it's a very low-key collab. Missoni doesn't, you know, like they don't do big marketing or, or whatever. Um, you don't see too many out there. It was actually pretty hard to get my hands on, but I just, just landed one. And it's like everything i hope score it be. score of a lifetime summer score of a lifetime so get 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 your hunt on good luck dude i'm going with kim burns vietnam oh yeah i've been i'm deep right now in the kim burns vietnam series and um i'm just down with kim burns i know that some people are not they make fun of him for the effect where he pans around still photos <laughs> i don't care dude there's not a ton of video footage out there it, from all of not history always video, <laughs> but there's sometimes there's pictures and you got to make panning a move still, yeah, just kind of panning around it. Yeah. yeah it feels like video um no but i'm super into ken burns and the vietnam well uh, the vietnam war is just fascinating and it's a really interesting time um for this you know documentary series because in a way the vietnam war was like the end of american exceptionalism yeah and that's not like breaking news that like it's not kim burns isn't out to like make that declaration but it's just very clear and through watching this documentary you're able to like really get into the mechanics of it and i knew like the vietnam war was like I mean, if it's known as anything, it's known as one of the great like clusters of all time. Right. And we all know that about it, but to really get in there and to understand how deep, how thorny of a cluster that war was yeah, and how we got into it and how complicated it was. Like I just never fully knew. Um, and you know, history class didn't really break it open for no. me. So I'm just like, I would love to go home right now and just crush another episode. Um, my last vibe is something I'm going to call by a name that I just made up, which is just describes exactly what it is. Summer vacation boredom. Talk to me. Just like embracing the idea of like boredom can be hard to come by these days. Like we sometimes think we get bored, but we don't really, I feel like we've, this is a topic we kind of, you and I return to. This is very central to the corporate lunch ethos in some ways, but we don't allow for enough boredom in our lives really. And, and sometimes what we think is boredom is actually just like, um, withdrawal or something from like digital stimulation. Yep. But, uh, I'm taking off next week with the family for some time away and, 
um, you know, be somewhat unplugged. But one of my objectives for the whole the whole trip is just like go somewhere beautiful and get really bored. Just like mind numbing, face melting boredom. Yeah, just, and I'm gonna like work on work on it, work to achieve it. Like reduce the itinerary down. You know, I mean, we'll eat and we'll go places, we'll walk, but uh, I'm maybe get, sometimes you won't. I'm gonna get bored. <laughs> I can't wait. That sounds really good, and, and yeah. it begs the question: What's the difference between boredom and relaxation? I don't really know. Um, maybe it's the way you react. Maybe it's the way you feel about that feeling. Yeah. Like you can choose to feel bored or you can choose real, you can choose relaxation. You know, like exactly. Like I, I can find moments of relaxation like all the time. Even, yeah. Even like right now. Yeah. During this podcast. Wow, man. Something just descended when you said that. Yeah. Wow. Boredom's- I don't even, I don't even know if I <laughs> want to keep talking. I just want to. Kind you of just find it. Just kind of backstroke in this feeling right. of boredom. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to round it out with one last vibe, and it's a two-beat vibe. Okay. The vibe is Sam Hine Productions. Mm-hmm. Beat number two is Sam Hine Productions' new haircut. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this haircut has just been crushing minds in the office. I know. Uh, were you a part of the, the little See, sortie that created this haircut? First of all... Are you about to take credit for this haircut? We both got our haircut at the same time, at the same place, and no one has mentioned my haircut, and people won't shut up. <laughs> have you Sam, seen Sam, Sam Hines haircut? haircut? All I know is we went into this really dope place called Vacancy Projects in the East Village, and um, and we had a nice time in there. And I, you know, I was talking to my stylist while he was talking to his stylist, and all I heard Sam Hines say was, cheekbones. he was like cool i got it from here that was the directive sam you're the man it looks good i'll I'll take a picture of it and post it soon you're gonna post the sam hein productions portrait portrait mode maybe after this ep comes out i'll i'll post the haircut oh no we a picture of sam hein productions and his new haircut needs to be the like soundcloud background that's the cover a hundred percent a hundred percent sorry sam it's i think no vacancy projects posted it did they post you on their instagram they were like, oh, he's a Ryan McGinley model. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, the other good thing about Sam is you're like, Sam, we're going to make you the face of the SoundCloud this week. He's like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. He can't really do shit about it anyway. Actually, he can. He uploads I was going to say, <laughs> do, you know how to, do you know how to set that back? I, I don't have the keys to that. No, this I don't. is episode 37 of Corporate Lunch. Shout out Rob Vargas. Hell Shout yeah. out Sam Heim Productions. New Sound issue. Shout out Noah Johnson. Go cop the new issue of GQ style. It's fire. I would not lie to you. Fall 2018. Don't, look, don't listen to episode 38 if you haven't copped <laughs> the fall issue of GQ style. This is like, this is, let's do a deal, man. Let's do a deal. All right? Most Mama thought I was a joke But Miss Badu told me I'm dope Yeah, I'm dope Yeah, yeah, I'm dope Miss Badu told me I'm And I know it, you can't tell me nothing else That's why every beat I'm on is water And I might go Phelps so I need more than kudos and a high five.